0: Hello and welcome to the Coach Mark Manila podcast. I am Coach Mark Manila, coming to you live from the Philippines and ESL, businessenglishexperts.com and initial-impact.com. Today I'm going to be continuing on uh, regarding the career crisis, okay? Uh, Many of you are facing some redundancies, layoffs, or just perhaps you need to change your sector because you fear that sooner rather than later that things might get a bit tight for you. Um, some of my clients in the past have tried to get into the American job market and um, it isn't for the faint-hearted I have to say because of the whole issue of green cards and sponsorships but it's not impossible either. Um, also in addition many doctors are looking to get themselves across not just to Australia uh, but America. America recently started to accept the OET as a good example and pass to show that you can uh, practice um, at an English level that is re- required for you if you're going into the Australian and now the American uh, hospital system. So that's good news for you if you're a medic and nursing professional or any of the allied caring professions. Today, though, I'd like to speak about the difference um, in American job interviews um, for you, based upon you if you're using English as a second language, okay? Now, job interviews are hard enough as it is, right, when we're speaking our own first language, but even trickier, um, for international students and candidates, um, raised with a different culture, attitude and language, all right? So, this is, uh, this is a very challenging situation and I highly, um, well, I'm just, yeah, I'm in awe of many of my clients who managed to do this successfully in, in a second language. So, the American job interview is very different from an interview, say, in China um, or maybe Latin America or indeed the UK some differences are slight others um, rather challenging to say the least and when we look at it i've coached many of you in the past to land jobs and internships at prestigious us-based firms including big tech names and um, you know we kind of see the similar challenges or sets of questions coming up time and time again and when i think about it um there are many many job seekers who try to get into this american market or to work for an american company but remaining you know in your own country as it were but working remotely but they fail um they miss out on opportunities because the language or cultural differences are so different. So this podcast will help you just to outline the solutions that I've noticed and others, other coaches, have also seen work consistently well to overcome some of these challenges and they can absolutely work for you too. So the first thing is how you actually go about promoting yourself, selling yourself. Now, (laughs) it's a big challenge for many international and uh, job seekers okay and you know possibly also for us job seekers too but selling yourself as a candidate is a bit harder for some people than others partly because of personality Uh, that can be a thing that maybe you just don't like to go around saying how great you are you're not as extroverted as maybe your friends but actually what i'm talking about here is culture plays a huge ability in your in your chances of increasing your uh, probabilities of getting a job interview and landing a job um, at a multinational. Here's why. Um, we have many different cultures that we work with. Uh, let me give you an example though. What we call um, hmm, high-tech, high-context cultures. Okay, So, in these types of cultures, social trust must be earned first. And this situation and relationship um, is more important than the actual word spoken. So, there is more of a focus on the group. And people who talk about themselves a lot are actually not perceived favorably. So, to give you an example, if you come from anywhere in Asia, okay, um, the Middle East um, or South America, these are just a few examples, okay. So, all of my Arabic speaking students, you'll understand this. All of my Asian language students, you'll understand this. And if you're from some of the uh, South American countries, Argentina, Venezuela, these areas, okay, you will understand this too. Brazil. As another one, um, that you're not perceived as favourably in your own countries if you talk about yourself a lot. Okay. On the other hand, low context cultures put more emphasis on the emphasis on the individual and prefer to get down to business very quickly. Okay. In spend, instead of spending time establishing trust. So this is why if you try to do business as an entrepreneur, um, again in high context cultures such as the Middle East, Asia, etc. You'll be frustrated because you're trying to get on with business quickly, and that does not work because they want to build a relationship. You first then build trust before they then start to talk about okay, business. Um, low context cultures, on the other hand, are get down to business quickly, right? Instead of spending all that time establishing trust. So, in this case, uh, it's valued and um, greatly if you have an individual performance and respond kind of favorably to people who talk a good game so you don't actually have to do what you say you can do (laughs) as long as you can talk it and make it sound good all right then your chances are you're going to be successful so low context cultures are the usa the uk germany australia these types of countries okay so it's really important for you to understand this um it's not that um one type of operation um, is better than another But if you are a person raised in, say, a high context culture, such as if you've been raised in Hong Kong, um, South Korea, uh, Vietnam, uh, maybe, you know, anywhere, say the Arabic speaking countries, Algeria, Egypt, um, Saudi, United Arab Emirates, all, all of these countries. You may find yourself struggling a bit to make a strong impression with interviewing with someone from a low context culture because you are at odds with each other. And that means, basically, you are speaking not just a different language, but culturally a different language, too. So how to sell yourself in a U.S. job interview, okay? Also, some of this would work in the U.K. as well, to be fair. So if you're interviewing for these positions and other low-context cultures, as I've said, so Australia, Germany, U.K., right, it's important to be able to articulate your value and what sets you apart from other candidates. Um, The idea of this will feel very uncomfortable to you, possibly even you know scary for somebody who is raised in a society my Japanese students oh my goodness you really struggle with this too and because you feel it's kind of bragging but it's not it's what you need to be able to do because if not you're going to struggle the good news is you can learn to sell yourself better okay Um, in an American job interview. You can't force it by trying to be somebody else, that's the one thing I would say, but preparation and practice absolutely help you find a comfort level, Uh, talking about your talents and accomplishments in your voice that, um, how can I put this, allows you still to feel okay with this, but it works for that job market. It's really important because if you can't do that, you are going to find you struggle to get the job offer, okay? Um, Now, There are many steps you can take towards this, but here are some of the best approaches. So, firstly, work out your fit, okay? It might seem like I'm stating the obvious. When we say stating the obvious, it means I'm kind of saying what, like, uh, yeah, we should know this. But I need to say it. In order to sell yourself at an interview, um, you need a very clear understanding of what makes you different from other candidates. So this is going to feel a bit strange if you've never really thought about that before because of your culture. So modest candidates, and this you know could be from any culture. It's not just the, the sort of the higher context cultures. You've probably, um, if you've been raised to perform well and wait to be recognized, okay, this won't work in an American job interview or indeed even when you get the job. All right, you'll only have a brief period of time both in the job interview and also when you first start the job to really make an impact and make your case. So you need to know in advance what to emphasize, what to point out. okay? This is the first thing. The next thing you need to do is then work on those speaking points. So again, if you're not comfortable talking yourself up and, and sort of saying, "Hey, this is what I've done, it's particularly important to frame out your speaking points in writing. Get them written down. Um, what I'm not saying, I'm not saying you should then have a script you read from." but the idea here is to make a good case and outline your key selling points so that you'll get straight to the point and avoid kind of dancing around it or going off on tangents because you're not comfortable okay um about talking about your strengths okay if you look at politicians or talk show guests do well they kind of outline talking points um and the words themselves come out a bit bit different every time they speak but in general their answers stay on message so think about what you want your talking point to be, and then practice it and practice it until you're comfortable. That's the third step. So you've got to really practice. Again, if you want to get a session with me, you absolutely can. 60 minutes and we can work magic, to be honest. Um, it can make a huge difference for you, give you some confidence, and really I can help you work out what are your talking points, honing the speaking points, and then saying them so that they come out nice and direct and succinctly. It can work very, very well for international students, a candidate who are nervous about being able to sell yourself, it doesn't matter what context you come from. Okay, You might also worry about other things, such as um, types of wording, your accent, or body language. So we can practice on those too. So it's definitely worthwhile getting a session, as I say. It's a money-back guaranteed session, uh, but it's a good investment for you if it means you're going to get a fantastic job overseas. It's definitely worth investing in a 60-minute session with me. Uh, Go to eslbusinessenglishexperts.com for that. And you can book that there and then let's talk about also the other challenge right speaking the same language yeah so it's about i guess, look let's put it this way you need to know some of the jargon so for american interviews there's a certain slang uh, that will be used or jargon the same for british ones it just goes on now there are also some some simple steps you can take to ensure that you and the interviewer will at least Be able to talk on equal terms, all right? So know the job description, okay? Look at the buzzwords for the industry jargon from the job description, because it will help you greatly to reduce the chances that you know you're going to hear a word that the interview says and you think what are they talking about so try and read about the job itself in say American press or if it's a British job, UK press etc Okay, try to find uh, industry magazines and publications and blogs and then you can read up on the jargon you might be likely to hear from that country same with Australia or anywhere else for that matter then try out some interview exercises so um, like with myself you can get a whole interview Uh, with myself we can role play it and really give you a fantastic um, run through so that you feel that you are comfortable listening to that jargon and knowing how to respond also and when it comes down to it it's important that you get good at standard phrasing and really to know how to respond appropriately and succinctly so that's something else to focus on in those interviews Be prepared to kind of make stuff up as you go along as well. So if you really don't hear a word you understand, okay, do your best to work it out on the context and tone. If you're really stuck, okay, you could say, do you mean blah, blah, blah. So try and make your best guess. Okay, Don't just sort of sit there and say, "Uh," okay, we don't want dead air. Or you could say, oh, that's an interesting question. Could you just explain that a bit more? I'd like to answer that in better detail. So this will help you from having to say, oh, my goodness, could you repeat that again? All right. Okay. so that's an important one that you might have to use, but I can teach how to use that technique fantastically well. The other thing that is a big one, I have to say, probably the biggest problem, and also when in training, when you get the job, is accents. All right. So you may have an international kind of heavy accent. Okay, um, And many of the recruiters or the employers might as well. Okay, You're not always going to be uh, speaking to somebody who is uh, discussing things in a very clear accent. So really accents can be a problem, but in fact many of my clients used to, when I used to coach on this heavily, would worry far too much about an accent getting in the way. Okay, um, It is okay to have an accent, but yeah obviously um, if you have a real problem with your accent and it makes you hard to understand, then we can work on that as well. To minimize this, make sure you're opening your mouth properly, okay? English requires you to have a wider open mouth. Um, This isn't something that is common with speaking certainly any of the Asian languages um, or sort of Arabic speaking languages. So these are the issues and try to speak from the front of the mouth rather from the back of the throat, okay? So that's the key thing here. If you want to practice mouth mechanics and the correct technique to improve your pronunciation, I can absolutely assist you as well just need to book yourself a session. Um, Your accent though is not the biggest problem as long as it doesn't get in the way. Most people think it's kind of nice, right? It's charming, it's pleasant, okay, Um, and it could actually help you in many ways. But as I say, um, if you're rather anxious, okay, try to speak slower as well. Slow down because the chances are if you're anxious, you will be speaking much faster than normal. So slow it down and your words will be much easier to understand, and it will flow better. Um, If you're unsure, if you're speaking slow enough or fast enough at the right pace, right, okay, or if your accent is getting in the way, then really, again, get some feedback from myself or somebody else, or record yourself, then listen to yourself back, okay? You could be your own coach there, and it might absolutely help you work out, okay, some things in my accent really change how I sound and I want to fix that. The other problem is nonverbal communication. So, we know about this body language, and it's a very big difference, okay, um, in how nonverbal communications are perceived between those high context and low context cultures, right? So, in high context cultures, um, prolonged eye contact can often be seen as aggressive or disrespectful. Um, in low context cultures just to be completely like mind messing lack of eye contact can be perceived as rather like disinterested or dishonest okay and that's not who you are right okay so if you're struggling with eye contact or the body language here is a simple two step way to improve that all right Firstly, um, get some coaching with myself, okay, and I can give you some tips on non-verbal communications um, in the interviews. Also, listen to my podcast on this, okay, there's a podcast available on that as well. Practice, as I say, getting feedback from a trusted friend, mentor, Look at yourself in the mirror when you do it, record yourself and watch yourself back, all right? But remember where you were interviewing and then change it accordingly. It's really, really important. And also I speak to my Russian students here as well because, of course, we know you know, that in, in Russia, as, as my Russian clients educated me, that to smile a lot or to grin a lot is seen as being in Russia kind of like you're insane. Um, so that's why you have a very stern face, because you're meant to be serious, right, And be taken seriously. So the thing with that is that you've got to know that in Western interviews, if it's appropriate, you should lighten like up a little bit and be able to smile and, and relax with the interviewer. So this can feel strange. Um, but again, I can show you how to practice that and get good at switching that on and off. Um, Also, we have perhaps a problem with misconceptions or misperceptions. So some interviewers jump to conclusions. Um, There might be biases about certain cultures coming from those interviews, which is totally wrong, all right? But these biases can sometimes, and we call them like unconscious bias, not overtly they're aware of it. They can dictate hiring and making a decision that's both wrong and illegal. Um, So, for example, it's illegal uh, to ask about race race, ethnic background, country of origin, in a job interview, okay? That's the first thing. On the other hand, though, it is okay to ask if you're authorized to work in the USA or the UK or wherever, okay? Um, Or if it would require sponsorship to work in the US or these other countries. These are job-related questions, and you should be prepared to address these questions if they come up. Um, Other than the outright bias, really, um, wrong assumptions can be made by interviewers that are kind of less obvious and less damaging. But for example, um, an interviewer might assume, right, you're wrongfully that you're not committed to stay in the US long term to grow with the company. Or if you're interviewing and you're, you know, I've got lots of uh, students and clients in the past who come from Turkey, um, and you know, you want to go and hit Europe or Germany, right, and go in there. But the biggest problem is that they might look at your resume and think you're not here at the moment. I don't know whether you're going to be committed to actually move here. Um, So an interviewer may jump to that conclusion or a recruiter before you even get a chance to be asked for the interview. So you've got to really persuade them of that in your cover letter in your resume that moving is not an issue. Um, Also an interviewer may jump to the conclusion you'll have more difficulty understanding American work culture or company customers. So (sighs) luckily these types of misperceptions about adaptability or commitment could be easily addressed by you but you've got to consciously address them in your answers to preempt any concerns i know it's wrong to say but it is a fact you've almost got to work harder to convince an interviewer that these won't get in the way um, and yeah it just sucks right but it is the way that it is so try to feature into your interview practice and then you're more likely to come out with a better result um, the other challenge you're going to get confidence right so lack of confidence is the big one the most common reason for really failing that job interview um is because of lack of confidence which can obviously be made worse by all sorts of challenges um international candidates of course you know you struggle with some insecurities and nervousness particularly when you're speaking english as a second language really the best cure for the lack of confidence is practice interview preparation and just yeah, coaching excessively, right, to ensure that you feel better about it. But on the day, it's about just giving it your best shot. Um, there isn't something that you can do to push a button and magically fix all of these things. But absolutely, I would say to you, if you try to put into place some of these things, okay, then they will really take you a long way. The other thing to remember, on the final point here, is always stress unique strengths, personality, and cultural background. Okay, so as an international candidate, you can really obviously show that, you know, you're multilingual. It's totally forgotten at times. You just think you've got to focus on the English. But tell them you speak Japanese as well, you speak German, you speak Korean, whatever it is, because if they are looking to reach into these markets, or maybe they already do, you have an added advantage because you speak excellent English as well as your native language too. Don't forget to point it out. Also, and if you've got more than a, a second language, third or fourth, then that's a big positive, okay over most American or British candidates who might even not even really have any high school French or Spanish, right? So it's, it's a good bonus, as I said to you. Also, the fact the fact that um, all of your initiative has led you to seeking a career path in a new country is a good thing to talk about. how you problem, solve, how you analyze the market position yourself and educate yourself to get yourself to this interview so these are all positives think about it at the moment um, as well as the challenges as you get ready for your interviews Um, and when you think about anything that comes up about your interview the main thing is you get what you believe you're capable of so believe in yourself okay. really believe in yourself work on that as your strengths don't focus on the what-ifs okay just let's look at what you can do And I hope that this really inspires you to give it your very best shot. If you think this podcast is of help, please share it with as many people you know who need to hear it. Pop it out there on your professional networks, please. Do circulate me far and wide, because in business networks, this can help a lot of people, and that's what I'm here to do. If you also feel so like-minded you want to sponsor the program, you can do. Just listen to me on Spotify, hit sponsor a segment, or you can buy me a cup of coffee. All the links are down below in the show notes. I wish you all the very best of luck. Stay safe. I'll see you soon
1: thank you for listening to my podcast and if you have enjoyed it please feel free to sponsor a segment if you're listening on spotify you can simply go to sponsor this podcast and you will be able to sponsor me for as little as just 99 cents a month which is highly affordable and also gratefully appreciated if you prefer to do something one-off then you can just simply buy me a cup of coffee again details are in the show notes below each program and you can click there and pay securely via stripe and again this enables me to continue you providing these podcasts totally free of charge for you all here so even if you can't afford high level coaching I'm sure that every now and again you might want to sponsor me to enable this podcast to keep running for as long as possible for you thank you in advance for everything you can do to help keep me keeping these going for you and of course you can just simply help me by spreading the word about the podcast put me on your social media everywhere that you go tweet about me blog about me whatever you'd like to do about me long as it's beneficial and it's polite okay i welcome all of that but please just circulate the information far and wide our job here in the coach mark manila family is to get this information into the hands of the people like you who really need this and deserve to get this at a really free price take care i'll see you soon